So we bring in General Keith Kellogg, great friend, retired Army Lieutenant General, former National Security Advisor to Vice President Pence and President Trump. And he's currently the um, AFPI American First Policy Institute co-chair of the Center for American Security. And by the by, we love to sell books. He's the author of War by Other Means, a general in the White House. I knew this general in the White House very well. How are you, Keith Kellogg? Hi, Larry. Larry, thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. How are you doing? How's your hip, by the way? How's that hip? (laughs) It's doing great. And, you know, I had a very wise person in the White House (laughs) tell me to get it done. And he said to me in very somewhat profane terms to go get it done. That guy's name was Larry Kudlow. I I was so scared about getting the thing and being out of action. And, uh, you know, Larry, that was the best advice, candidly, you've ever given me. And it worked worked great. I feel super good. So, Keith, let's turn to the Ukraine story. Um, Yeah. Russia dug in. I had... uh, uh, General Keene on the TV show last night, and basically his assessment was a little bit pessimistic, particularly for him. Russia dug in in the east, taking some additional territory. Uh, Keith, what I, I'm asking you now is, are we going to provide enough artillery and uh, rockets and so forth? Will it get there soon enough in your judgment? How do you assess this whole situation 100 days into the war? Yeah, Larry, Larry, that's a great question, and it probably it's a question that nobody has asked, really, except somebody like you, <clears throat> because what you've seen is a war change in the last 100 days. It's gone from early on when the Ukrainians were very, very well around Kiev and Kharkiv, and now it's into a really a, what's called an attrition fight in the east near Donbass, where the, the Russians have done what they do very well, and they are very good in our artillery fight. And, of course, we heard... You heard that the president said, well, we've given them some missile systems, the multiple long-range rocket systems, which will give equivalence uh, to what the Russians have. But, Larry, here's the thing. There's a lot of symbolism there, but there's not significance there. Let me tell you what I'm talking about, and I think Americans need to catch on to this. We have basically said we're going to give the uh, Ukrainians four, that's F-O-U-R, four HIMARS uh, MLRS systems, which are very good. But those HIMARS systems are what I call the junior varsity of the MLRS. The big brother is what's called the M270 system. And I don't want to get into technology, but all those four systems gives you is basically a platoon of artillery. When we have prepared in NATO a a battalion and a brigade of artillery of MLRS. And it, it, it does. It, I don't want to get into the real technical details because it will confuse people. But I'll break it down to you really simple. An M- a high Mars carries 12 rocket systems, where the M270 carries 12. So it's simple math. The high Mars systems we give them in one volley is 24 rockets. Well, if you had a, a very similar system, the M270 is 48. The reason why that's important, Larry, and it's important for people to understand, is when we created the MLRS system, we created that with a thing called a salt breaker, which was designed to fight the Soviets in the Warsaw Pact and would break their back. That's what they really need in great volume and great numbers. They don't need four systems. They need 40 systems mm. like this mm. to, to make it work. So it's really a lot of symbolism. Oh, we gave them MLRS. Really, you didn't. And the, and the reason why they need it is the MLRS gives the Ukrainians three things they don't have. It gives them a range advantage over the Russians. It gives them a, a, an advantage of sheer volume of fire and precision because each one of them is tipped with a precision uh, uh, GPS system on it. 
So they can basically go toe-to-toe with the Russians. Right now they're losing that fight because of Russian artillery. So, I mean, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but I am not convinced the Ukrainians right now can win that fight unless we significantly match up. Now, we've given them $50 billion. By God, I don't know why we don't give them the system they need to to win that fight. Now, here's why I don't think they are, Larry. I think the president, President Biden, is afraid of what he calls escalation. Well, my God, the Russians are the one who escalated this fight. And I think you need to give them the chance to win this fight, not something that is very symbolic with four systems, Larry. That's like giving somebody who's a homeless person 25 cents on the street and say, go buy a good lunch. It's not mm-hmm. going to work. You know, I got to tell you, Keith, that's very similar to what Jack Keene said, General Keene said last night on the show. Very similar. Um, translate that into the Russian position. As, as I listen to this, we don't, we haven't given them the, uh, the best artillery systems. We haven't given them enough of it. So therefore, the advantages to Russia in eastern Ukraine, how much territory, I mean, what's the, what are the risks here? Zelensky said we've, you know, they have 20% of Ukraine. What are the risks here of a kind of, I'll call it a Russian comeback, if you will? Well, the, the risks are quite high because the, the Russians, frankly, were were pretty bad in what they were doing. They violated about every principle of war in their initial assaults. But they've fallen back on what Russians have traditionally been good at. It goes back to the Soviet days, goes back to World War II. The one thing they are really good at is artillery fires. And artillery fires kills a lot of people. Hmm. And it, it pushes the Ukrainians in very bad defensive positions. So the point is, unless you can equate their artillery systems, and I'm trying to keep it relatively understandable, unless you can go toe-to-toe with the Russians and, and give the Ukrainians a will to fight back, you're eventually going to lose this fight because numbers do count. There's a quality of numbers all its own, and the Russians bring the quality of artillery to bear. So what will happen is if it pushes the Ukrainians out of the positions they're currently at in the Donbass, the next tell to me mm-hmm. of the Russians is do they go towards Odessa do they go towards the south in the Kyrgyzstan area, and do they try to make Ukraine a landlocked country and take their final port, which is Odessa? That's the real tell. Is Biden Biden writes this op-ed in the New York Times, and you know there's some good rhetoric in this, but basically, does the Biden policy want to force a ceasefire and a deal? In other words, they. They're giving the Ukraine some, but they're not giving the Ukraine enough. Biden says it's up to the Ukrainians to deal with, you know, how much territory they want to keep and how much territory they give up. I mean, are we going to force uh, a partition of Ukraine? Is that where this is leading? Yeah, I do. Larry, I think you're right. I, I think I don't know if a lot of people picked up on that by not giving them the systems they need mm. to really fight, including those jets out of Poland. They're basically saying, look, we're telling the Russians we want to go to a negotiated settlement. I don't think Putin wants to go there. And he's actually tying Zelensky's hands. Zelensky from day one has been asking for these heavy systems because he knew intuitively. And by the way, every military officer worth their assault would say the same thing. You've got to fight back the Russians' best system, Mm. which is our artillery systems. And if you're not, you're not you're not really uh, allowing the Ukrainians a chance to win this fight. All right, General Keith Kellogg, um, an honest assessment, and we appreciate that very, very much.